Today's episode is brought to you by Bridge Credit Solutions, the number one stop for money-back guaranteed credit repair. Go to bridgecreditsolutions.com slash Theo. Today's guest is the um, subject of a new documentary, which really is a just kind of a scavenger hunt into into this man and his journey with wrestling and everything, addiction, life, everything, life, life. Today's guest is Mr. David Arquette. He came in recently and he just sent those over as a gift. It was pretty oh, nice of him. Hell yeah. We're pretty I happy love to have him. Spot, dude. This is sick. Look what somebody made. On a 3D oh, printer. Yes. On a 3D printer, David. That's so dope. Pretty oh, nice, huh? That's badass, dude. You have uh You have quite a collection of <laughs> Yeah, you can get into there. Yeah. Um, and we shut that door. Do you mind, Nate? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Actually, it was your fault. But um, <laughs> do you have you have quite a collection of things that people have made for you? I saw in the documentary. Yeah, I've got a bunch of collection. I've been collecting since I started making money at 17. But just isn't it funny when somebody makes something for like, isn't it? Yeah. I almost feel like you can't show the appreciation that things really deserve sometimes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's cool to... It's cool when somebody, I love art in general, and when somebody puts their artistic ability to, like, do something with you involved, it's always dope. It's like, I don't know, it's amazing, especially when it's fans and all this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. You have a, you had a marionette somebody made, like a, um, yeah. you have the marionette. You, I mean, just briefly in the documentary, you're able to see different little, they didn't, they don't focus on it. But they had just little thing. You see a little doodad or a piece of art here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, you really get led into my world. So you see a lot of sort of my house and my some of my stuff I collect. I like collect giant things. I have a giant chair in it, a giant like tennis yeah. racket. Oh, yeah. Weird stuff like that. Do you – sometimes I, I just started drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. I drink diet stuff too. I feel like an old person when I drink it. Do you? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's better than all that sugar, though. There's these really great ones called the United States of Soda that just came out. And I'm only saying it because I just fell in love with it. It's uh, just 30 grams of sugar. Like, not sure, grams of sugar, but 30 calories total. Oh, yeah? So it's like just That's a nothing. little teeny, but it, it tastes good. It's better than a LaCroix or whatever. I like LaCroix, but. And you could burn 30 calories. You could bend over and pick something up and burn 30. You know, that's 15 <laughs> yeah. calories right there. Yeah. I often ran into you at the at the gym before. Yeah. And now I got my my mini Theo Vaughn working now. Oh, you're coming in. You do have a little in. bit of flair growing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, flying Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. Uh, or bulletproof Brian Pillman was really my inspiration. Diamond Dallas Page had always had a great 
mullet. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of good mullets. I'm trying to think of some they had back in. They even had haircuts that were. Who was some early mullet work that they had in <laughs> wrestling? Who uh, was some oh, early guys Diamond they had? Diamond Dallas Page was definitely. And Flying Brian Pillman. The Rockers, Marty Janetti, and uh, Sha- old school Shawn Michaels. Yeah, they had, yeah, totally they had some wild haircuts. I'm trying to think of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Maybe he, his was just kind of. <laughs> literally He's such a funny guy. Yeah. His wife, Debbie, is so nice. Oh, you they know were, her? Yeah, they were at Legends of Wrestling the last match at the at uh, in the documentary. Yeah, they're really great people. You meet the you meet these wrestlers and a lot of the time like Ric Flair's incredible too, but his wife Wendy's like the sort of boss behind all these guys. You know what's like my wife Christina's the boss behind me and she's responsible for producing this whole film and dealing with all the crap that came along with it. Yeah, so it Oh, there he is right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> he looked like he would use that board on, like, a standardized test, honestly. <laughs> it's so funny. He walks around with the board still. <laughs> really? Yeah, people get it signed and everything. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, his whole thing was amazing. Yeah, man, that was a wonderful time. That was a time when Big Boss Man, that's a time when I grew up in that, yeah. when you had real, I don't know, I, mean, I guess that's when I was a kid, too, so that's when I saw it. You know, it was like headlights looking right at me of just excitement and staying up late at night at 1030 to see a Saturday night. Sometimes on Saturday night, they would, yeah, they would have a championship yeah. bout. Yeah, yeah. They, well, it was all this. It was something they set up. It was like these weird, really weird matches, a Saturday night main event. Yes. And then it would just be like these quick. I don't think like any real belts were ever exchanged. It wasn't a typical kind of fight. It was more like a spectator thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild, man. I remember just so excited, and sometimes I'd pass out because of the excitement. I remember just waking up in the morning and didn't know what had happened, and my brother was gone. And Yeah, no internet back then. You couldn't catch up. No, you had to find a friend. Your internet yeah. was the first friend you saw yeah. at the bus stop or whatever. And you'd be yeah. like, what happened, Larry? Yeah. You'd be like, I got ground. And you're like, this fucking internet sucks. <laughs> you're like, this dude is dial-up, man. I need a real friend yeah. who has facts. Yeah. That's what's also cool about wrestling. It's like I have a couple of friends, Brent Joseph and Curtis Reynolds, who have just been my friends for years, but they're friends that love wrestling too. So we all like, it's almost like those kids again growing up. <laughs> you can call them and talk to them. That's what I love about RJ City too, my tag team partner. Mm-hmm. We can talk wrestling and he, he's all, he's wrestled half of these guys so he can tell you stories about Hacksaw, Jim Duncan or, you know, piper or whatever good tales yeah you know the closest thing i've seen to wrestling in a while in real life is we nick do you have that uh bring up that park thing in portland the other day this antique i don't know if you saw this or not mm-hmm. this is um <laughs> rj have you are you familiar with rj city at all I, i'm not i saw he's, him <laughs> it's hilarious I he's saw really him. funny on instagram is he i mean twitter yeah he's a real twitter he's a real millennial I'll have to check him out. This is protesters in a park, but this to me seemed like, I mean, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. To me, I know like a lot of these people, like, you know, a lot of this is political stuff, but a lot of it to me has a very, it starts to get a very wrestling type vibe. Um, Do you see any of that? When you see some of these park battles these days, it seems like a lot of costuming. You know what? The best thing I've seen on the internet, it just came up this morning on Reddit. It was... 
otter gangs fighting each other in <laughs> really? Singapore. Yeah, these gangs of otters are getting together and oh, they're wow. fighting each other in Singapore. Oh, it's, water animals, you mean otters? Yeah, <laughs> the otters. That reminded me of wrestling. Oh, let's oh, see look that. look at this. This is so fun. Look at these otters. Oh, hell yeah. So they're like these otters that are just wild otters, but there's gangs of them, and they Damn. don't like the other gang. Damn, really? And they're, they're, they're having a rumble here. These otters just... Oh, shit. They're going at it. Look at the small crew. They're smaller than the, the big crew, and they're going for it. This they is hop very out and BLM Royal Rumble style. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Look at those guys that came in off the top rope. You saw those guys. I know. I know. The they're end. really into it. Uh, and do they know who these otters are? Are they pets or that people think, brought? Or these are just as, these are no, just natural? They, they, no, they they like. I think they might have bred the otters for this lake, but then they they broke up into two different groups, and then they don't like each other. <laughs> Man, it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet a little, yeah. <laughs> but like Gangnam style. Yeah, and that's is. in Asia, Singapore. Yep. Yeah, wow. West Side Story. Oh, they yeah, will sure. do that, dude. <laughs> They'll fight anything. I wonder if Michael Vick's behind this. I feel like that's insane. Right? It's crazy, dude. How 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 crazy do you think if Michael Vick would have fought a cute animal against each other? Oh, I wonder if God. it would have been different. Oh man, like gerbil or you know, like I guess probably not because they they had it was. I think they got upset because of like a lot of the deaths of the animals. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> So my friend's a cop who's in the documentary Jerry in Connecticut. He just sent me a video too of these two uh, turkeys fighting <laughs> fighting oh, for yeah. a girl. That's something funny about animals fighting over a girl. It was just so funny. And I guess we do it. Yeah, I guess animals real get real territorial. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get in a fight for a girl whenever you were younger? You think? Yeah, for sure. I once got upset. I dated Alyssa Milano for a little while, and I once got upset. She showed up at this club we all go to, Roxbury, and mm-hmm. she showed up with another dude, and we were just broken up. And I was like, <gasps> crushed. Did you and stay in the club? No, I came outside. I kicked her car. Unfortunately, I apologized to her since she's. She's cool. I was a real piece of work, but I I just kicked the side of her car. It wasn't you gotta anything do that. Bad, but <laughs> we didn't even really fight. It was so pathetic. Were you pretty heartbroken or not? You think? Oh yeah, she was like one of my like first, first loves. loves. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. a wonderful girl. Dude, you had a real nice smile, huh? Yeah, it was that a, must be I nice. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> but were you all? You, I mean, you were pretty handsome. I mean, you're still a handsome guy. Oh, thank you. But Me I mean, too, this is a time in our lives when you, people really were. I was just young, young in in Hollywood for the first time. Never really had pictures taken of me. I wow. Was sort of. I was a mess though. I'd once like confess my love. To, I hope I, she doesn't mind me sharing all this, but uh. I once confessed her love, and I had taken some pill, and then oh, yeah. we had some real sweet conversation, and I had forgotten all about it. Oh, damn. And she was so hurt. I don't blame her. I was a real, like, horrible boyfriend. <laughs> there was terrible things that happened. Oh, we once went on this really beautiful trip. Oh, I feel so, I mean... It's At least you're honest about stuff. being a bad boyfriend. I was a really bad boyfriend. Oh, man. We went on this trip, and we were playing this mixtape, and... And it was all these beautiful love songs. And then she popped it out and she saw some girls writing on it. She was like, where'd you get this tape? And I was like, oh, it's for my old girlfriend. 
She's like, how dare you? So I didn't get it at the time. I totally get it now. But Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long road to figure out how to be a good man. That's been something for me. Oh, yeah. I feel that, man. I feel, dude, that's what this whole podcast is based on. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, dude, struggling men, bro. Well, you're a young guy. You're, you you no. got a serious lady or? No, I've never had a serious lady in my life, No, man. no kidding? I don't oh, think so. Well. I mean, I have. Yeah, I've yeah. just never been in a relationship where I didn't lie or cheat, you know? that mm. That's kind of really, I think, been my MO. You know, kind of, I've always, like, I think, like, dude, I remember having a party. Some girl invited me to Colorado one time. I go, she takes me to a party. I'm at the party. Somehow I end up getting her to play like a board game that I knew took a long time. And then I met some, snuck off with some other girl and like professed my love to some girl in this closet. And yeah, I don't know. Everybody's feelings got hurt. Yeah, I hear you. My first marriage, I, I was really faithful and everything. And, you know, it's. It all, it's one way or another. It all, I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that happened. I got my heart broken. And I don't know. I don't, it's, it's important to be faithful and, you know, true. It's hard though. It is hard, you know, especially when you have a broken heart and, and, uh, you got animosity and <laughs> like for, like when you lose faith and love. Yeah. You know. Sometimes I think I lost faith in love like before I even knew what love was, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out everything, marriage and family and all that stuff. Well, you got a beautiful group over there. You got that little fella that high-fived you in the documentary. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie and Gus, they're six (laughs) and three. I have an incredible wife, Christina, who's been amazing and really taught me a lot about loving myself and you know, that's really what it all comes down to. Like, I'd been on this whole quest to, like, you know, find love and all this stuff. And as cliche as it is that people say you have to love yourself before you can truly be loved or, or you know, experience love in that way, uh, I did learn that through this whole thing, that it really is true. Because sometimes you have all these things, at least I have all these feelings that I'm like, you know... I don't know, does she love me or does, you know, just certain things happened during the whole thing of this movie, which were pretty intense, just. Yeah, there's a cute To me, match. like, yeah, her being really upset with me, like, do you want just want to die? Like, is that what you want to do? And I had to sort of come to terms with that, like, I don't want to die, but I wasn't happy either, so I had to figure out how to love myself, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> Do you do what were some things you feel like? Because, like, I mean, I go to uh, you know, I'm in recovery, so I go to like stuff like that, you know. That's good, yeah, that stuff helps. So, that stuff incredible. helps. Um, it's good to have like a group that kind of helps me, yeah, for um, sure. It's hard for me to not be like, I got my biggest thing is just with my mom, I go through moments where it's just like there's no point in like being upset anymore. It's almost like my brain, like. Like, sometimes I feel like she was mean to me when I was really little before I even knew I was alive or anything, you know? Right, But totally. I can't go back and fight those wars. I don't even know if it really happened. Right. Sometimes I think I'm just over, extremely overly sensitive, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And then you grow up in a world where it's like, you got to be a tougher. You got to be able to, you know, put a rear naked choke on somebody or something, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, and then it gets scary and then... 
now I'm a little older, it's like, okay, at least I can try to figure out who I am a little bit and not be scared at least to do that. Yeah. For a totally. while I was try- scared to even kind of figure out what I was feeling or anything, you know? Yeah, completely. It gets interesting. So the the doc, I watched the documentary last night. I didn't watch the last 20 minutes because I didn't want to ask you about anything that would give it away. Um, so it's, it's a documentary. It's a mockumentary. There were parts where I didn't kind of know, like it's, it seems like a little bit of, I, I don't know. You tell me. It's a documentary. Okay. You, I didn't like, they kind of set it up. So I'd start from the bottom and go up, but like even there's a death match in it that wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. They weren't even supposed to be filming that night. It's something I set up. I'm the one who also went on all the independent circuit. The film crew didn't really follow me on all that. I love that. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a real uh, education. Yeah, when you get to places, like there's a moment that I can you get to the places, and uh, well, here's a question right here that came in from a young fella for you. Well, nice. This is all real-time stuff? No. No, 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 no. Oh, None of this, this is real-time. Cool. So this is all b- will be edited later, but these mm-hmm. were sent, picked up this week. This is for David Arquette. Why in the goddamn fuck? Would you wrestle Nick Gage in a death match? <laughs> What's the point? You could wrestle so many other indie stars, but why would you choose someone that is willing to stab you to death with a light tube? <laughs> Get back at me. Good, good question. Good question. <laughs> I should have asked myself that before I did it. What happened was I was supposed to wrestle Joey Janela, who's an incredible wrestler the spring before that, but I couldn't because I got injured or I was doing a movie or something. So then they were doing another spring break the next year in Los Angeles, and I, uh, and the wrestler who was wrestling Nick Gage fell out, and he said, do you want to wrestle Nick Gage? And I didn't even really know who he was and didn't know much about, like, death matches. I knew about hardcore matches. Uh, I knew certain things, but I didn't know that there was... Death matches are kind of frowned upon by some professional wrestlers because they call it garbage wrestling. Kind of came from, I don't know if it came from backyard wrestling. It, they have a whole world of it in, oh, yeah. in Mexico and in tetanus yeah. shot wrestling. We used to call it. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tetanus shot circuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually asked somebody before that because my wife was all concerned. She's like, uh, freaking wives. Man. Do you, um, do you know if they, anyone has like, you know, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, First aid kit? No, no, like uh, have been tested for like hepatitis or something. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Do you Dude, ask somebody? And- hepatitis is a black wrestler that I know. Actually. <laughs> That's probably one of the best wrestler names ever. <laughs> no kidding. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I didn't know like if I was supposed to ask. I didn't know. I was in over my head. You know, and it sounds like you've been over your head since you were time. born. Yeah. I am. I have been. I really am trying to figure this all out. But I went and I uh, I did a bunch of research on on death matches and everything. Uh, I still didn't know what I was getting into. So, but the, to answer the question, I wanted to. That's a segment of wrestling that has a really st- strong fan base that mm-hmm. really love wrestling, and even though a lot of people frown on it. A lot of people love it. Mm-hmm. So it is something. I, we wanted to do a backyard wrestling match. We wanted to do like a hardcore match, but it just didn't know how hardcore it was going to get. And is that the one? That, that's not the one that I see in the documentary, though. Yeah, that is. Okay. Because that really, yeah, that was definitely, 
you could see somebody's eating Fritos right by the ring. That's real shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was real. I was like getting spit on. People hated me. But the idea was to, like if I could win over this crowd, I could win over uh, any wrestling yeah. fans. Yeah, it seemed like it must have been pretty brave to wander. First of all, it's scary going in the, into somebody else's backyard. That's always a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, it you was. Know? That was really like, okay, let's do this. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, just can't, I just, I don't know. I equate this whole film, this whole experience to like almost cleaning out your garage or like any kind of task like that mm -hmm. where it seems so big and insurmountable. But then once you get in, you just work on one corner, then... Finally, you'll clean up the whole place, and that's sort of—you just have to keep it, keep going. Like in wrestling, if you hurt your neck, don't worry because next week your back's gonna hurt way worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll keep trading these injuries all along the road. It just never stops. Yeah, it's almost like you're a voodoo doll, but you keep doing it to yourself in a weird way. There's <laughs> <Yeah>. some—it's <laughs> that's true. It's true. I was thinking about doing a little video game of because my son used to play this video game of a little voodoo doll, and I wanted to do one of me, mm -hmm. where then you could get anything, try to blow me up or hurt me, and oh, I'd I just like come that. all back together. <laughs> you <can't, laughs> like you can't kill. You me. can't kill David Arquette. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, when you're doing the uh, when you're doing the documentary, so at the beginning you talk about you won the WCW championship. Yeah, and at that time, were you like, were you still like running real hot on the Hollywood stuff? Were you wanting to try to do something different? You also seem like kind of a loner that kind of likes to do their own thing in, in a way to me. Was that part of it? Like, if you look back on like kind of learning about who you are based on some of your life path and the choices you make, did, are you able to like kind of see why you chose that? Or do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, in the movie, it like, kind of sets it up like you know scream kind of typecast me as a goofball and doing wrestling was kind of like bad for my career i don't really agree with that necessarily that's th my wife kicked me out of the editing room at one point because i was like no you can't say that that's such a rule you gotta because i say in one point i haven't you know gotten a job in in 10 years like who goes to a yeah, who goes to auditions over and over again that yeah. hasn't gotten a job in 10 years. But what I say right after that is I haven't gotten a job from an audition in 10 years. I've I've worked within that 10 years. It's just, you know, people knowing me or, or just word of mouth or whatever. So it's a little, like, confusing. But, the you know, I've always like, made these weird choices. You know, I, I'm very public with stuff. I called into Howard Stern and had a bunch of drunken conversations and did a bunch of AT&T commercials. Those are probably the things that hurt my career more than anything, honestly, than, than the wrestling film or wrestling in general. So I don't really agree with that, but my, my career was at a weird place, ready to, you know, when you get up to a certain place where you're doing your own films, it's kind of like if this next one doesn't do great, then you kind of fall back down on this ladder of success. But if you can parlay it and have your films continue to do good or just even make money then it's a it you know you can kind of keep going with it it's funky but and but having any of those expectations are it's almost unrealistic a lot of it's out of a lot of it is out of your control yeah totally unless you do it yourself and that's what i've sort of learned that's why we did this documentary it's kind of taking control of your life and your career or just your 
what you want to put out there. Yeah. It's what you've done with this this podcast. It's that kind of attitude where you're like, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, do what I want, structure it the way I want, you know, and then that just builds on then you could do other things that you want, different projects start popping up. Then you start spending your energy on your own stuff. Yeah. Rather than waiting around for someone to, you know, stamp you cool or not. Yeah. So that's just not the way to go anymore. And people can do it with their phones and learning editing on on their on their phones or on a computer. You know, it's wide open now because storytelling is getting better. People are more aware of filmmaking and and what it takes to tell a good story. So you can read books on it. You can look at YouTube videos to learn things about lighting. Like there's all kinds of resources now. Yeah. You know, it's funny when when I was watching it, one thing I started to realize was because I'd seen you, we had just crossed paths at the gym a couple of times, (laughs) you know, and uh, you were always playing. Were you training or racquetball? What were you guys doing? I was always just going. I usually play basketball and then do some weights. That's usually just what I do to get some cardio. sweaty. I thought maybe you were. I am a sweater. Are you? (laughs) Yeah, I sweat too much. It's gross. Dude, my legs, I'd get these. uh shouldn't probably say this but i'll get these india i used to get these erection pills from india right yeah and damn they made my legs so sweaty dude. no kidding yeah. <laughs> why did you just get them like legit ones they're too expensive and oh, they no just kidding. they're too strong man the american oh, no ones are too strong oh wow god bro i couldn't even bend my arms i was like a damn gingerbread man trying to have <laughs> oh, sex Jesus oh no but these men they would make my legs sweat so bad and mostly on the back of my legs so it was oh, just oh. oh so i'd have to keep my back of my body away from a woman during like any sort of like you know <laughs> sensual engagement <laughs> and damn it just broke me man it just god but they were so cheap and they were they were they would give you kind of a de- an erection but a soft like a con- like a manageable erection Manageable, Richard. Because the stuff that these selling pharma, big pharma, that dick, that big pharma selling is too much, man. No. It's too heavy. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was when I watched the documentary, one thing I started to do was that I did notice I liked the story and I liked um, the references to wrestling, you know, because I, I, I like wrestling myself. Um, but I, lo- I started to care about you, though, as a person as I'm watching it, you know. Oh, thanks. I start to get invested in, okay, I, obviously I know who David Arquette is, but, you know, I just started to. The scene that really got me was with the scene when you're doing the uh, the street fighting with the Mexican guys. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that was amazing. I didn't even know street like wrestling was a thing. It really put me on your it put me on your side, like in a you know I'm already on your team as I'm watching it, but it put me on your side as like in a just in like a real human kind of way. I feel like. Um, oh, cool. So I know you're not asking about that, but I'm just no, trying to give you just cool. how I felt about during the documentary. Thank you. Um, now, there's some wrestling in our circuit. There's some, you know, there's some hot air balloons out there. And I want you to take a peek at this guy right here, Tom Segura. Oh, yeah. And he had this wrestling, uh, this promo video that came out a while back, uh, just about a month ago. Wrestling fans many names, comparing them to anti-vaxxers and flat earthers. Yeah. You've also said, quote, they have diminished capacities. Yeah. Could you explain what you meant by that exactly? And would you like to take this moment to apologize? Oh no! I was—I meant that they're stupid, uh, they're poor, um, they're all beneath me. Uh, you know, they're losers. If they want to come, you know, maybe clean up my toilet or whatever, I could spit on them while they're doing it. Give them a little taste of the mystique. Hey Rick, you're so strong, you could even withstand the ankle lock. 
Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Mr. Greg, what about the uh, wrestlers themselves? Some of them have reached out to you saying they used to be fans of yours. Mm -hmm. Now they've been hurt by your remarks. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that? Mission accomplished. Get him, Mr. Greg. What's up, Solstice? Oh, that was you. This is my parrot, Solstice. You know, we always enter the ring together. Anybody wants to get the turkey slicer, come come at me, man. Mr. Grick, you are never oh, down yeah. for the count. You are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. You just keep those jeans high and tight and know that you are the excellence of execution <laughs> in everything you do. Do you think you can do what they do? Wrestlers? Yeah. It's fake. <laughs> Why can't I win a fake fight? Sign me up. Oh, Let's man. rehearse. And then I'll whoop your fake ass. Oh, that's what wow. burned me. He get, what? That's what burned me, that part. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have it out? Yeah, I went back at him. But that just... It's, <laughs> yeah. It's fake. It's, it's, it's not choreographed. fake. It's It's organized, but it's not fake at all. Once you get in the ring, you'd be surprised how not fake, how real it is. And uh, often, like, people kind of teach you a lesson once in a while. Because you're bleeding in the documentary. Yeah. That was a death match, though. But even the backyard match. But you almost, there's always something. It just hurts to take those bumps. And I had three fractured ribs when I had to wrestle RJ City and a bunch of stuff. Oh, man, it's a good look with you as a wrestler. Oh, I came back at him. This is me coming back oh, yeah. at Mystic. And I went more old school style. Oh, yeah. But Gianni it, here, waiting for the racking. I mean, obviously, it's got no respect for the business that Tom Segura. Racking. A lot of smack being thrown around by Mystic Rick saying wrestling is fake. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Was it fake when I nabbed the gab out of that little Russia hunter, Mr. Michael Rappaport? <laughs> Was it fake when I broke the spirit of that little Norwegian smut mannequin, Mr. Crystal? <laughs> Was that fake, Rick? Was it fake when I put the dirty Unagi on little Bobby Miyagi? <laughs> Was that fake, Ricky? The only thing not real here is you, brother. Yeah. You little diet denier, starch addict, gout candidate. <laughs> I bet you can't even skateboard. That was a personal. The Rick gout had some choice words for the fans. I had to get him, man. I had to go get him, man. <laughs> I so we, I came right back at him because that's yeah. the part that hit me. I think there's a certain element of people out there that don't understand when they call it fake how it hits some people yeah that's for sure where does that hit you when they call it fake oh man you just don't understand how real it is until you get in there it really is like it's getting crazier and crazier i mean not that it's there's a there's a real beauty like i wrestled colt cabana it's one of my favorite matches and ethan page these guys are super pros so yeah, even page, though they're yeah. making it real it's uh it still isn't as painful as some of those other lessons people teach you. You think you could beat the fat guy that was in the beginning of this? The girl, yeah. I mean, come on. All you think good. he has what it takes actually once it gets once he gets into the ring, do you think he could I mean, has he trained properly? That's the thing, like whenever no, you wrestle anyone we go on a very short limb and say no he is not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well then it's just it's kinda like something you usually shouldn't do, like unless somebody's really so training because Every wrestling match is as good as the most experienced person in there, you know, or the most, you know, like the most trained. 
you know, they don't have to have the most experience, but someone who really gets it can make you look good. One of my best matches was with Jack Perry and Jungle Boy at AEW, and he's just so talented that he made, him, Nick. made me look like I could do things that nobody had ever. I'd never tried before a Canadian Destroyer, and the only reason it works so well is because he's so great at it. I mean, it's certain things you're not really supposed to talk about or whatever, but... right. But he's wow. a super talented wrestler. That's he's, Luke Perry's son. Oh, is it really? Yeah. God dang, he's damn beautiful, dude. Yeah, he's great. He's a movie star, this kid. He's never smoked, never drank. He's got a great head on his shoulder. He's tough as nails. He's better looking than about easily 60% of the women I've dated. <laughs> easily, bro. He's a great looking guy. Even the guy above him right there is... <laughs> yeah, Luchasaurus. He's an amazing wrestler. Wow. He's good, you know... I don't know, six eight, six ten. So you really have a love for this whole world. I guess that's something when I got as I'm going through um you cannot kill David Arquette that I'm like, okay, is this love is this a real passion that he has for this? Yeah, I love wrestling. I've always loved wrestling. Just sort of I've always loved it as a fan. Just yeah. kinda like and then when the, the championship thing came, I was promoting ready to rumble. They said We'll put the belt on you if you can stay till the next pay-per-view. I thought it was a terrible idea. But Diamond Dallas Page broke it down. He's like, listen, well, you don't have to do it. If you don't do it, then the promotion already rumbles over. The whole ready to rumble thing's over. You won't be wrestling with us. But if you do, you'll stay with us. You'll travel with us. You'll go, you know, do a pay-per-view. And that's kind of what I really wanted. I thought it would be really fun. And I thought it would be taken more as a, a funny storyline rather than something so serious it kind of devalued the belt which i understand now what was more de- what f- do you feel like was more devaluing the fans that were saying this is uh you know using a guy from hollywood if you will yeah. um or w- critics that were saying this is not what somebody like david arquette should be doing yeah i mean i think part of it was i was an actor I was smaller than most of the wrestlers back in the, that time period. Since then, you've had smaller champions like Daniel yeah. Bryan and, and Mike Mizanin. Yeah, well, <laughs> and uh, I forgot Seth Rollins, sort of some some guys. So Rey Mysterio is like kind of the first. Yeah, Rey Mysterio. Guy yeah, doing hell, Henry Rey Rollins could win a belt. Somebody. I think if you gave him, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty Henry tough. Rollins is a tough guy. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It was just sort of that I was an actor and I wasn't trained. And it, they just didn't accept it as like this in funny thing. And then guys like Booker T had never been the champion or Scott Steiner. So I was. Uh, I asked Booker T in the locker room. I said, how many times have you been the champ, Booker? And he's like, never. So I was like, oh, shit. So then when I went out next, I, I went off script and I said, I don't deserve to be the champ. Booker T deserves to be champ. And he was the champ a few, uh, like two you know, the belt went to Jeff Jarrett and then I think it went to Booker after that. So not that I had anything to do with it, but it's good to plant those seeds. Yeah. Did you, um? so did it, did it get weird? Because then after you get the strap, you did you start to feel ashamed of having it? Are you like, holy shit, you go from excitement to then yeah. all of a sudden I still have this thing and I, I have, to, have to get to rid carry of it. it? You have to carry it yeah. from everywhere, through airports, Every day, you can't lose it or leave it in your car. You can't leave it in your hotel room. Like a baby in Georgia. Yeah, you have to carry it everywhere. They're heavy. You're responsible for it. And they're heavy. (laughs) And they're heavy. Yeah, and I I just didn't know what the heck I was 
really doing? Nobody <laughs> told me like really how to wrestle, how to do anything. Like I just show up and they'd say, "Okay, you could." Or sometimes they'd hand you like literally pages of dialogue. Like <laughs> I'm supposed to memorize this? Like this is more. It's way harder than people think. Like cutting a promo, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it has to do with the thing people say that it's not real or something. Because right. when people cut good promos, they're real. Like you have to find a place inside yourself that you feel this. And you can convey that. You're angry at this person. And you do the things that you do in an acting set where you're like, when you have to do something emotional where you kind of go through in your head all of these really painful times in your lives and you get to a place where those emotions are like kind of right there and you have to do that with wrestling too you know you have to make wrestling real for you for what you're doing for what you're conveying like that's where wrestling is entirely real and and then there's the level of like people's personal lives what's going on how they feel about you or how they feel about their own lives i mean a lot of people are when you're real pro you can separate stuff like that but some people coming up don't some people get overly excited you know and and then me being a beginner it's mostly me that's getting like you know ahead of things or like mm -hmm. you know not you know you learn in wrestling to really slow down time just kind of like you know allow moments to happen and, pe and like get hit and like really react to it and then look at an uh you know, a f fan and just make a connection right there. It's like, he's not going to do this to me. You know, you just make it real and then it becomes real. And when you can make wrestling really feel and, and you, the audience, you can capture them. And then they're, they're, they're like, <gasps> like, while the match is going like, Oh, he almost made it. And then you got him on the hook, you know, and then you just have to kind of reel them in. Best way to reel them in is like do a few like things that they don't either don't see coming or, a quick turnaround and then boom, you know, some big thing that makes them cheer. And then, you know, you either get them to uh, like the three count or, or you kick out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you should always end on sort of your biggest pop of the, of the performance. It sounded like he was describing stand up. No shit. I think it's there's a lot like, of stuff you, like, I'm uh, sorry. No, yeah, no, no, no it's that, 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 that was it. There's like, that's a really good point. I was trying to think of some, of a correlation and oddly i couldn't even think of that <laughs> yeah but yeah i guess and, and you're taking me back now too also to just being a fan i remember man when that guy would crawl over and get on top of the other guy and finally it's like good is gonna beat evil and everything mm. is gonna be okay in the world and the, and then you're like this ref has like a rotator cuff injury yeah. and he can barely get his arm <laughs> to go down yeah, yeah. and he gets stalled at the top and yeah. you have to some other ref has to come in and push his arm down I know. but it's just like life it's like like things just sometimes get so close and then there's just these chops and these ups and downs and oh man yeah that's when it's beautiful that's God. when that's when not you, fake you, man yeah and when you typically work with veterans they know how to construct matches where it's like half the time i didn't even know like what was going on like why are they putting that here i don't understand why would i but then you see it all together and you start figuring out and then once you get used to it, then you then you can relax into stuff, and you know certain things are coming, certain parts of the match, you know, the heat and all the sort of stuff that comes, how you construct a match. Listen up, all you business owners and all you entrepreneurs, I got to tell you about this. 
So recently, if you go to theovon.com, you'll see um, work has been done to the site construction, you know, liveliness, activity, upgradients. And I'm talking about Modify. That's right. Modify is a company that rivals any other option on the market for subscription-based professional web design services. Modify's unbeatable new plan is fast, affordable, and high quality. They make a site that can do what you need. Do you need something done? Can your site do it? Now it can. That's Modify. Their plan includes updates, unlimited support, easy editing tools, and future redesigns. That's right. There's no cost to build. And there's no contract, and Modify does it all for you. No cost to build, no contract, and they do it all for you. Only $249 a month. Work with professional designers to create the last website you'll ever need. It's Modify's The Last Website Ever plan. Get yours today for $249 a month. Go to modify.com slash T-H-E-O. That's my name. That's modify with a P-H, M-O-D-I-P-H-Y dot com slash Theo. Man, they get it done, man. If you need it done, shit, they get it done. Today we're supporting a small business, you know, that mom and pop. Or sometimes that son and pop style of business. And that's what we got going on here. It's that award-winning jambalaya mix and that garlic butter seasoning That's right, it's Hot Rods Creole. Hot Rods Creole is a family-owned father-son duo from Louisiana. And they're chasing their food dreams together. A lot of people think Cajun food is always super, super spicy. But it's not true. The ingredients we have put together will stimulate those taste buds without making those eyeballs sweat. They have seven products available and more continuing to come out. Get that little daddy box, three seasonings, barbecue sauce, two packs of yambalaya, and a koozie, baby. Or get that big daddy box. It's like the little daddy, but more. Thanks for listening to the podcast. All purchasers get 10% off the code using Theo Vaughn. Go to hotrodscreole.com. That's H-O-T-R-O-D-S. C-R-E-O-L-E dot com and use code Theo Vaughn. Thank you very much. What is that neck? The, the, the leg twist, that neck, what is that move? Is that your, is that your finishing move? Oh, oh the, uh, One of your moves Hur-Karana. is great. Yeah, it's a leg, uh, I don't know, it's, a, it's a, called a Hurricanrana, some people call it. But yeah, that's one of my moves. That's a move that goes into a lot of stuff. It's a it's a Frankensteiner if if you're on the corner of the, you know the top rope, or um, there's a, few, a lot of different moves go into it. But my finishing moves uh, a diamond cutter like Diamond Dallas Page. Now the because yeah because people wouldn't say that a ballet is fake. People wouldn't say that a move. I mean I guess yeah. People, yeah there's just there's almost a Greek art to it or something. Absolutely, there is. It really is good against evil. I mean, that's what's happening like in the world right now. It it really is becoming a wrestling match. Oh, you know, we've got heels and faces, good guys and bad guys. Everybody. I mean, everything. 
has turned. We've been saying this for years that every, it's all turning into the WWE. Yeah, everybody's cutting promos. It's yeah. just like, what is going on? I know it's crazy. Everybody's cutting promos. Everybody's driving for Uber. It's just getting insane. I know. Remember, like when politicians they used to be like in a place somewhere, like debating against each other. Now they're all just cutting promos on fucking Twitter. <laughs> I know the whole feuds on Twitter thing is just crazy, <laughs> and like you know, everyone in politics and everything are just a bunch of wrestlers going nuts. It's everything, man. I remember one of the most beautiful things I ever saw. Though I was at the, I was at the wrestling, and they had a Mexican gentleman, a man. I think he was a man. Him and his son were the same exact height. So who knows how old either one of them was, you know. But <laughs> they were both wearing a championship belt. And when The Rock came back, it was the night that The Rock came back. This is oh, about yeah. eight years ago, I think, or maybe. Wow. And when he came back, they both started bawling, yeah. crying together, like That's just standing awesome. there. I love that. And it was just, man, it was. That's real. The night was great, there. but that was probably the best thing that I saw. Yeah, I love that. That's that's the best part just that things. humanity yeah, um, and the love for and it's it's because he took his son but his dad probably took him and then you know his dad probably took his father you know that's what it is it's like some of these moments are just part of our history yeah that's what upset me so much. Like, I, I love wrestling. I didn't want to be excluded from it or go with my wife and then have people, like, yelling at me. I was just sick of it. So I wanted to do something about it. It's sort of also, like, everybody's got that feeling of, like, something they dream of doing. You know, we all wanted to tap into all that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, not letting people bully you. Like, you know, going after your dreams like never giving up like put giving something everything you got and we didn't know where it would go if it would you know if it would go to one of the bigger places or something but it, it worked out that it was this perfect kind of full circle moment you mean this documentary yeah with yeah. the nasty boys just kind of like getting my back and accepting me as one of the guys yeah yeah, because it's interesting because I didn't even know today. Whenever we were coming in here, um, I didn't. I didn't know. I, I didn't know if I should ask you in advance. Like, how serious is this? Is this like a, you know, just a? I don't want to say a spoof, but no, nah, it's it, it definitely gives it more depth to me, uh, knowing how you feel about it. You know. Yeah. And also, one thing that's really cool is that you got to be. You've gotten to be a Hollywood star. I mean, you've gotten to the fruits of that stardom are really, I mean, it's, it's sketchy. And I don't even know if there's that big, if there's that big of stardom these days, there's a few people, but the, the idea of like, like stardom forever is very hard to have. I feel like, um, yeah. Yeah. like at a level of like, you know, sometimes we think Those about top it. guys. Yeah. I mean, there's like eight or 10 guys, you know, it's so, yeah. They're really selective. I mean, they have the, not the luxury, but they have the patience to be like able and uh, just have it in themselves to really wait for the right project, you know, get the right directors and producers attached, make sure that that's the character that they want to play. But they also have the luxury of maybe not working for a year or two. Right. Like, I, always, I grew up with a, a father who was a working character actor who, so I think it like, 
got into me that it's like I'm a working actor. Like I need to work. So yeah, I'll do things that you know, you know, on paper people say like, why are you doing this kids show? You know, just for for whatever reason. But it's it's all directly connected to just working, having a job, going and doing work. Like I'm not comfortable sitting around all the time. Yeah, I think you have to give up, but you also it feels like you have to give up some of you have to give up some of what you want in Hollywood. It seems like at certain points, you know, like like I got offered some things in the past year and there was this animated project I got offered to be on this show called Hoops that just came out on Netflix and it just didn't I kind of wanted to do my own animation thing and I didn't and I just wasn't sure and so you know, I had to say that it wasn't for me, even though it would have been probably fun and neat. And I had to see it come out and be a little disappointed. But mm. then I also just had to remember myself because I'll just immediately start feeling bad. Like, oh, man, I wasn't in it. And yeah, yeah. But I don't. My, my brain doesn't want to remember nine months ago when I was like, oh, I just don't think – I tried to make a choice for myself, right. you know. It's hard to do those choices. It's I've hard, done like to my detriment a few times, like not wanting to do something – that turned out to be really great and really, really great group of people doing it. Sorry, I'm burping over here. It's okay. Um, <laughs> these mics don't pick that up. Okay. But that's diet soda, man. I remember when I would see people drink diet sodas when I was young. I thought they were old. That's what starts to scare me, dude. <laughs> I'm no man. I'm I'm much older than you, so it's like it's really funny when you start looking back. It's real, like real. It's real, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <coughs> how crazy thing. is it how much older you get once you hit like 39 or 40 yeah there's there's that 39 to 40 39 to 50 is like a whole thing there are really cool things that happen too you start like not caring nearly as much about stuff oh that's nice yeah <laughs> it's really nice not getting like you start realizing where your anger comes from <laughs> like it's like oh you start feeling you can control it more uh-huh and it's not like crippling like sometimes it feels like. Oh yeah, man. I would like to have that less stress, dude. I used to get especially over women, bro. Here's the crazy thing. If you want to date a girl now and say she's younger than you, it's so hard because you can't talk about any music. Oh yeah. You say like, Oh, do you listen to it a second you get halfway through that sentence, you're like, Fuck, if I name a band that is yeah. like fifteen years old right now, I'm gonna sound so fucking old. I know. I don't know that whole that whole world is just yeah. A little you like strange. the Black Crows, and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, what are they at the San Diego Zoo? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, are they endangered? It's just, it's so sketchy, bro. Trying to like, trying to keep up with the Joneses of youth is is impossible. Yeah, it is. It gets real sketchy, and it also is like, I don't know. You can meet the right people, but you know, it's. A lot of the time, just pretty empty feeling. You know what I equate a lot of that stuff to? It's funny. Everyone's doing Zooms now. And at the end of a Zoom call, it's always like, oh, let's get to leave the meeting thing. It's always like, it's almost like you're done fucking. And you're like, oh, this feeling of like, here's my real face. <laughs> That's a good point. Here's my real face. Yeah. And no one can ever find it. It's like, all right. I love oh. you, and yeah. then it's just 
Oh, I have those moments. I've learned how to sit in them a little more, the uncomfortable moments. I did a show with, called Carter that uh, it came out apparently with Jerry O'Connell, who's a really oh, I love amazing, Jerry, man. Yeah, he's, he's funny. so talented. Dude, he's hilarious. He has the best stories, bro. He has the best stories. He's just such a funny guy. Yeah. So we're sitting, we had a blast. We were just joking the whole time. But I went up to Canada to do a show, Carter, and then, uh, <laughs> He was like, something happened on the set and people were getting a little upset. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was licked at him. I was like, what's up? He's like, I think they're getting a little argument or something. I was like, yeah, they, they're in an argument. Why are you getting all <laughs> jacked up about it? And he just loved the fact that there was conflict. And I was like, oh, wow, that's such like an interesting response because my past response just from being a, from a kid from a chaotic like childhood or whatever i'd get like super like like uh i don't know embarrassed or something or like yeah i'd be all feel like oh you know uh, why are they fighting uh, that whole thing and i it's like such a kid response to it yeah and now when you're able to kind of like not take it personally or it doesn't involve you and, you know, they're having a conflict. You know, you don't have to solve it. Yeah. And you can kind of sit back and I can see how he, I don't know if I can ever enjoy <laughs> it, but I can see how he could be relaxed about it. Jerry's making, has, he's eating popcorn as you look over. He's, <laughs> he's fucking so loving fucking it. Funny, Dude, guy. he's so talented, man. He has this story about growing up in, he grew up in New York during the AIDS epidemic yeah. or oh, pandemic man. and he has this wild story about how half of the people in his building when he was a kid mm. died Oof. and just how like every couple of weeks he'd come home and another neighbor would have died and just yeah. um man That's it's just harsh. fascinating and he's such a gripping when you you know why he's a good actor <laughs> yeah, because totally. when you were talking to him it is like you are in just an elevator into like another like a elevator that goes forward right into his damn soul <laughs> yeah he's one of a kind dude hilarious. that's fun man yeah when i was uh yeah there he is right there with a guy with brendan shaw right there <laughs> and he's a guy <laughs> but uh dude it's so funny when i was young i used to feel so much like i'm responsible for everything like no matter like i would feel so much shame like i, I would feel so ashamed of everything that happened like if like one of my family members did something and they was off or something i would feel like it always like reflected on me like every yeah i was just ashamed of everything man. i know that's a it I, sucks I, yeah it super sucks i used to have this thing where i've i, I like discovered i was kind of a shame addict I was like an addicted to the feeling of like putting myself in a position where it was like either shameful or like, and I didn't want to, but I kept putting like calling into Howard Stern and then having to like apologize to people or even maybe like what I just did with talking about Alyssa or whatever, just not meaning to, but it might be a, something in me that why do I talk about somebody else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't know what it is. Is she going to get mad? I don't know. Not that I did it for any reason but i don't know why my brain would do it sometimes right where i'd get into this thing just to be humiliated or something which is a terrible thing to do <laughs> it's like really pain, painful place to be but dude sometimes it's so funny i would love like uh i remember one time inviting i had two girlfriends right and a huge rarity in my life and i invited them both to a bar right oh gosh and yeah. i knew it was gonna make me feel i uh, some people would think, oh, this is going to be fun, cat yeah. fight, these girls are going to go at it. I just knew, in hindsight, looking back, 
I'm going to feel so fucking bad because I care about both these girls. Both of them care about me. Yeah. And bo- everybody's going to get their heart broken right now. Right. And I was just like, let's do it. <laughs> you know? Wow. Like, yeah. And I, I know that feeling. But looking back, like, yeah, it's like, man, yeah, I wonder if there's ways where my brain leads me into places to really feel not great about stuff, you know, without just because of old patterns. Yeah, I do things to blow shit up a lot. Yeah. Like that thing sounds kind of like that. Where you do something like with a specific intention of just blowing all the fucking shit. <laughs> just to like, <laughs> fuck it. You know, go punk rock. There's always been a little bit of a punk rock vibe. I do that with work sometimes, man. Even work stuff. Yeah. You know, like, because uh, I've found in the past two years, like I like to, I don't, I really didn't like in some ways working with others in some ways. I didn't realize it. Yeah. I've just always kind of done things by myself. And so I didn't realize until we had to start to work with others a little more that I have to, I don't know. It's not a reflection of me. It's just a group thing. And, but man, I would, I had such a, just a visceral reaction to it, man. Yeah. And so I would, you know, I'd always, I don't know. I'd get up in the middle of the night and fucking rattle off an email. That's like, oh, just yeah, like a angry. bomb. Yeah. 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 So that three hours later when everybody wakes up. I know. I did that stuff too. Oh, oh God. It's painful. You like kind of, <laughs> a painful. lot of the time you, and especially sometimes you're working with the kind of people that do it oh. where they create issues and like problems where there are none just to like have a problem. Yeah. And then you have to deal with the problem. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like the David Blaine of complete fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know? <laughs> oh. Like, guess what? Ta-da! <laughs> Fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> um, oh, thanks. Did you ever yeah. have any... <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Did you ever... Because um, you talk a little bit about addiction and thing. Do you talk about that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I've had my battles with it, so I've been like on this roller coaster. Yeah. It's a tough ride, kind of. It's a really tough ride. But it's a fun ride, though, too, I think. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's fun when you learn, like, I don't know, how not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just beating yourself up. My addict's just, like, literally, like, in my wife asking me, do you just want to kill yourself? It's like, no, but there's something inside of me that's trying to yeah. kill me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely has no problem with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have to, like... But then also, like, just not wanting to go there, like, right. my personal life, like, like I, I don't know. I, uh, I, like, when I first sort of fell off the rails, uh, it was kind of public. I was, like, calling the Howard Stern and all this shit. So and I don't I remember any of that. I don't, I don't even know about any of oh, that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, like, completely, like, blah, like, regurgitating my life. You know, and just like oh yeah, but, but we do that here. Yeah, we do it. Here. Yeah, you do that but here, we but it's your own place, and it's right. It's like you know, you're also not fucked up doing it. You oh know? yeah, yeah, I would do that, dude. I had a night. So I ended up on uh, Opie and Jim Norton. They used to have a show. Yeah, Opie and uh, this was after Opie and Anthony and Sirius. It was across from Howard, and a lot of times people would do the loop up there, and they'd be coming. Right. So I ended up one night all cocaine all night, driving a taxi. The taxi driver's in the back. He's in the taxi, right? Wow. Long night, dude. Great time. Yeah. Um, Get to the radio station. I have to be on air at 6 a.m., bro. Can't even. 
I mean, can't even feel my fucking face, bro, oh, with either man. hand. I tried both hands, right? At first, I thought, oh, something's wrong with this hand, you know? <laughs> and then I tried feeling my face with this hand, and I knew my, something wrong with my face. And uh, oh. Daryl Strawberry's the other guest. Oh, that my day. gosh. And well, that's it, a good, he could help you through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if anybody could help Experience. me through it. Yeah. But man, I oh, was so yeah. embarrassed. Just use a little bend game. Put it behind your ear. <laughs> yeah. You'll get your feeling back. There I am right there. Oh my blasted gosh. out of my brain. Oh my gosh. Dude, I had done enough cocaine to freaking take Daryl Strawberry to extra innings, bro. No doubt. No kidding. You oh, can see dude. it grinding away, too. <laughs> oh, man. I lost a half inch in my mouth that day. I right, know. It's such a... But Cocaine's the worst. Yeah, it's the it's worst. Bro. Really, is just I say it turns men into mice. It's yeah, just, and yeah. it's fun though. That's the thing. They put a little bit of fun in it. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's just so vapid. The fun. And yeah, it's all so like hot air. It's yeah, it's not. They need so many better. better ways to to do it, but it just takes much a lot more work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just have to work to get those highs. Mm -hmm. But it just takes the work to get there, and then it's like the culmination of all the work and then you have that fun time and then even the process of doing this stuff can be fun too yeah where you can get that life high yeah 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 no there's definitely a lot i mean there's things i like now about definitely waking up and being able to handle my day oh hell yeah and like open my eyes up have those little moments i'm sure it is with family and stuff too especially yeah and totally. the more responsibilities i get in my in my life the less i find myself wanting to do stuff like that you know yeah um but so with the so are you with the documentary i don't know if i didn't watch in because i just don't know how much like you want to share about like give it are you making a push now to get more to get wrestle more into more? wrestling yeah i don't know I, I might wrestle more i did it mainly for this documentary mm -hmm. so i kind of did what i set out to do right if we wrestle some more i mean i love the world you know uh I'd, I like wrestling with RJ City as my tag team partner, mm -hmm. so I don't know if I want to do it without like a tag team partner. It's a, I always got in trouble without a tag team partner. Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless it was with a pro like Colt Cabana or something. And here's a guy right here. He's probably alone. What, Theo? What's up, David? Seth from Kentucky here. And my question for David is: Who has more fun in the wrestling community, heels or faces? You know, do you get to have more fun being that bad guy? Or do you have more fun being the face of it all? Gang, gang. Gang, bro. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> That's a good question, man. Yeah, it is a good question. The heels definitely have more fun within yeah. it. Like, it's just, you know, heels represent, like, being chicken shits, being, like, backstabbers, having no spine. You mm -hmm. can just say the worst things. You can just do all this stuff. You can just, when you come from a place of that, it's weird when people get mixed up, like some people get mixed up, like they might be the heel, but they want to be tough in the match too. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work as well. If you're like, it, the audience gets more invested if you cheat to like hurt them or you do something like so. Right, if you do a heel behavior. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to be a heel, be a heel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and then really be a heel. Right. So much so as like, being chicken about stuff or cheating to win or like all that kind of stuff it happens a lot man it's really just a reflection of life you know yeah it's just such a it's such a like whatever i think it's called a greek play or something where they do yeah. plays and it's you know in greece or something and they <laughs> you know it's like good and evil yeah, you know yeah. it's yeah. just like that man yeah for sure 
But I would love to see you beat the shit out of uh, Mystic Rick, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do Definitely. you guys have a little, uh, like, a little like promotion or something? Is it? Does he have a belt or? The, uh, Theo called him out and he never responded. The Rat oh, King really? called him out. And... Rat King called him out and he never responded, man. Oh, we had a belt a... that started years ago uh, when they have a podcast called The Fighter and the Kid. Yeah. And they had a vote on their podcast for best guest or one of the best guests in the year. And that guy got a belt. Oh, so once the nice. belt came into it, that it came, that's the origin story of the right. belt. And then, you know, we started taking on different characters and, you know, just, you know, I kind of like most of our fan base is really a bunch of rats, you know, not bad rats, but just like underdogs, you know? Yeah. Just I'm like, right there with you. Yeah. Cheese hunters, you know? So yeah, I feel it. Um, what else do you want to talk about? You think? I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever do any jail time? No, I never had a mug shot. I've been pretty careful about certain things. I've been wild, but did you ever like wreck a car <laughs> really really no i never drove always i mean i've dr driven once in a while but i avoided it all very yeah yeah that's one of the main things that's really good then yeah yeah i never wanted to get in a situation where i hurt anybody yeah do you think um do you think that um yeah, I, I just wonder if I could handle one of those prisons or not, you know? You think you'd be good in prison? I don't know, man. I would have, I hate to have to have to deal with it, but you know, we did a documentary called Survivor's Guide to Prison, mm -hmm. which was really cool. We produced it with Danny Trejo. It was a Matthew Cook film. It was really great. My wife really produced it, but uh that taught us a lot about the prison system, you know, you know how corrupt it is and how it needs to be changed but actually being in there that would be something else i mean i i taught a acting class at san quentin a couple of times yeah yeah that some was good actors in there it was cool it was it was weird i'd them do this improvisational game called animal transformation where you pick an animal and then you transform it into like all right let's put you know you're a giraffe and you're a run 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 Rhinoceros? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to forget I you were going to say Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a giraffe and you're Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'd watch that. But uh, you bring him up to like human form but still maintain the characteristics. So like this dude would be a, you know, like a rhino or whatever. And there's goes up to the giraffe. But it was like kind of aggressive because rhinos seem aggressive. And then the, the, the guard was like, stop, stop, stop. You got to stop. And he explained to me like. They could get into this little acting thing right here, but then they could go out and like get in a huge fight on the yard if if like someone disrespects each oh. other and there's like all this code and all this stuff. So I'd hate to have to learn that stuff, but you know, I get by. But do you think when you think about prison, like do you think what parts of prison do you think you would enjoy? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, do you like, like a small room? I like a small room. I like characters, so I'm sure there'd be some characters in there that I'd kind of hit it. I like the kind of joking that happens in places like that, or at school, or in like, you know, places where people are all hanging out and kind of not bored, but uh, have time on their hands. Or it's just like hanging out with your homies, like yeah, when you're, you know, when you're growing up, the guys you grew up with, the way you can joke with them is like. 
you know, great feeling. Yeah, why do we lose that as we get older? It dis- I mean, that disappears, doesn't it, in yeah, a lot of ways? It does. You have to kind of stick with those guys. You have you when you go back home, you probably have friends like that, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, on, I'm on a couple text chains like that, but yeah. you never can really replicate that. Just that childhoodness of it, where somebody doesn't have to. Now people have responsibilities, and somebody, you know, yeah, they owe somebody money, or there's some bullshit or something. Yeah, totally. But I love man. Brody. That's. Yeah, man, one of a kind. He just had a birthday the other uh, day. Did he really? Yeah. He's awesome. I knew him for a while. We hired him on a show called uh, Midnightly News to warm up the audience, like back in, shit, back in the 90s or something. Did you, uh, yeah, he, uh, one thing that I loved about him was his, I think he just always had this ability, like, to make you feel kind of. He was such a loner almost. He was such like a scared dude, but he always would like really kind of go out of his way to kind of make you feel included, you know? Yeah. Um, he, man, talk about being a loving person, but finding it really hard, I feel like, to express how your love in like normal ways and stuff. Yeah, totally. Man, he was a warrior, man. I, can't, sure I still was. cannot believe that it, that suicide it's just crazy how it just sne- i mean it sneaks in yeah like in an instant almost yeah it's sad when people can't do it anymore i yeah. get it but, but i also get it sometimes man i get it but there's so, like you have to fight through these the hard times because there is beauty on the other side yeah like, this is a really dark time right now just in general a lot of people are scared a lot of people are losing loved ones and you don't know where there's you know other bills are gonna get paid from so it's really scary at this time but you have to know that it we will make it through this yeah and we will have you know, fun on the other side and there's little things that come like as you get older that are really beautiful little things and it's just literally like catching you know tadpoles with your kids or like the wind on your hair like you know you get an appreciation for certain things getting a snack anything something small i know when you can really like sit there like oh this grape tastes great like yeah you're like in a place where you're like you're taking a moment to appreciate a grape yeah it's like oh this is different because you're not like as wound up about the world yeah, man, it's tough, dude. I, I made a gratitude list this morning. I'm trying to get get back more into gratitude. You yeah, know? just be thankful for the little things. That's the best, man. You That's know? such a key. It gets so tricky. Um, yeah, I think I, so. Yeah, I th- I feel like so. Yeah, after watching the doc, I felt like it was. It's really kind of a. I guess it really does kind of stand as a story of like setting a goal, and kind of. Um, do you feel like it's getting a monkey off your back? A little bit. I mean, it definitely. You know, the thing I learned was that it was me. Like, you know, I had this one therapy session with my therapist, and and I was, like, talking about my mom and dad and how heavy, like, their marriage and relationship was. And then I was like, wait, they're both dead. It's like, literally, this heaviness is just inside me, <laughs> yeah, right. and they're gone. So, like, to work to lift that was really helpful. You're like David Duchovny, but I feel like the X-Files are on the inside, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it is. We all have to figure out all this stuff going on inside. It's so crazy, bro, how much crazy baggage we carry, man. I know, man. Yeah. And then I will swim in it. I will make a fucking swimming pool 
out of my baggage and then dive right yeah, into it. I know. When there's tons of other things to go do. I People know. are like, hey, come get on this water slide. Come get on this Ferris wheel. I'm like, nah, nah. I just made this amazing swimming pool with all my own bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just go in there for yeah. a while. Oh, it gets to me after a while. What else we got, Nick? We had a written question that came in. It said, when will we see Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins? You're telling me. This is a movie I did like eight years ago, and mm-hmm. it still hasn't come out. Mm. I just have no idea. It was. <laughs> I was so impressed by this group of filmmakers because they all had cameras they're all shooting i was like you have like eight cameras like nobody has eight cameras unless you're doing a sitcom and then uh so they're shooting it and they're like having all these angles they're all filmmakers they're all editors and then the movie disappears for years there's rumor that it's still going to be done but i just don't what cause what causes that kind of stuff when something disappears what caused that could have been any kind of thing Usually, like, there's a falling out between the filmmakers, and then one person's either in charge of it and then just doesn't, like, complete it, or there's just tied up, so they're sort of push-pulling. I don't know. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. What about you? What are you interested in doing? Like, uh, thinking about getting a a dang dog recently. Yeah, man. That's a real, that's a beautiful thing. Have you had one before? Mm -mm. Oh no, kidding! Like, do you I've know what afraid. kind of dog you've been looking? I think like a one, like a, everybody's kind of has like a labradoodle right now. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that kind of. I feel like they have nice, like kind of eyebrows, kind of. But yeah, but do you need a bigger dog for any reason? I don't really. I was thinking also a black lab. Then I also a friend of mine has a dachshund, yeah. wiener dog. Yeah. And man, he was nice. Yeah, little Wendell. dogs are the, the difference is big dogs are dope because they're big dogs and like they're. I don't know, but little dogs are amazing too. I've had both. Little dogs are just fun because for someone like you, you can almost bring them anywhere. Yeah. Like, and then you become the guy with the dog, but that's a whole thing. But if you love this dog and he's really easy and he can be here, it'd like it'd probably be like fun for you. Yeah. Bigger dogs are harder to to bring. Like they're harder to bring on trips. They're just harder to to manage, but they're incredible. I don't, we have four basset hounds, which is oh, a lot. Oh, they're big. That's yeah. like a rich, old-looking dog. They're big dogs. They're like medium-sized dogs, but they got little dog legs. So they're <laughs> short to the ground. Oh, basset hounds have the long with the long ears. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those are fun dogs. Those oh, yeah, are those real are good nice. southern dogs, too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I'm trying to think of maybe what to get. I don't know. I went, to, to, I went to a man's house yesterday, and he had two bunnies, too. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But that's a big responsibility. Is that what you're kind of like? Yeah, I'm thinking about that, you know. Now, there you go right there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and look at that undercarriage, huh? They got some real meat on them. (laughs) Yeah, they have rolls of skin when they're, they're like, real passing house. But they're pretty well-behaved? Yeah, I mean, some of, like, they're all individuals, so some of them are better behaved than others. I mean, they all have their own personalities. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they howl and bark a lot. Mm-hmm. These guys, so some of them don't as much, but that's just something to think about if you're you have to leave them in your apartment or house for a little while. Sometimes yeah, the barking get... can be a whole thing, or like get babysitters. Or... Yeah, that's what I would think. Maybe getting a friend with the yard or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? I don't know. I want to take some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Actually, yeah, man, that's amazing. Do you have a guy? Uh, I don't have a guy, but we have a guy, I Eddie trained. Bravo, that trains people. Oh, you did? Oh, that's dope. He's dope. But we don't know, but I, I don't know. I trained with Hegan Machado during this whole thing. Oh, really? He's amazing, bro. 
So you've taken it? Yeah. You enjoy I mean, it? Just the, not like uh, right. belts or anything, but just for exercising. Hell yes, it's important to learn that shit. Yeah, that's what I want to learn. Just I think uh, like kind of working on that confidence, that inner confidence of yes. just, you know, feeling a little more comfortable. Yes, that's what any of that stuff will do for you. Like I, I, I <laughs> it's funny that I got a brown belt in Yoshikai karate, but uh, it was, I never got a black belt. I had like one more thing that my sensei moved to florida so oh. <laughs> that's all. i'm like stuck with the brown belt but it's kind of perfect colored belt but uh what it does teach you like once you get into it and you're like training a lot and doing it as an exercise and stuff like your balance and everything you're like you learn all this kind of like little ancient tricks <laughs> with mm-hmm. life that are just like really kind of cool when you lo- learn all the like katas and all the stuff it'll just prepare you for kind of stuff like that and then jujitsu is a whole other beast which is amazing it's so fucking cool yeah it seems cool i just always had this dream like i'm somewhere you know i'm at a subway or something i didn't want to go but somebody took me you know because mm-hmm. i don't like it but and then somebody like some guys like hey you know what the fuck is wrong with you you know and I'll be like that, you know? And then <laughs> next thing you know, I have to fucking defend myself, dude. Oh, yeah. First of all, oh, man. I don't really probably want to be in a fight. Second of all, I do not want to fight in a subway, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at least beat my ass out of five guys, you know? <laughs> so, but I want to be able to at least, like, know that if something happens, like, I don't have to feel like I don't have a chance, you know? Yeah. That's, I feel like, the, when I was young, that's always the feeling that I had, man. I, yeah. Every kid was, like, tougher than me, I felt like, and so. I know that feeling. I was like, I don't have a chance, dude. I'm going to go hide in this tree or I do something fucking gay, mm-hmm. buy, make a kite or something. Be like, what in the fuck is wrong with this kid, you know? Yeah, nowadays you have to be careful fighting just because some people, like a lot of people do know that kind of stuff. And oh, yeah. Everything going on. Someone Henry Cejudo. Choke you out. <laughs> you know, if you saw Henry Cejudo somewhere regularly, you'd beat him with a stick, probably it'll candy come out. Bring up a picture of him. <laughs> but he is a legend no you know kidding. yeah i mean he's you know uh, is he undefeated uh no he lost to demetrius once and then he i think that might be his only loss he beat demetrius the second time but even if you can just get a picture of him nick was, that's him right there i was trying to get him like one where he's not or how tall he is i mean i think he's five two. Oh yeah but he's the, ch- I mean, he won three belts, I think. Oh, man, that's tough. That's dope. Yeah, there he is compared to some oh, other wow. guys, some whites. No kidding. Yeah, that's actually the big shell. The big shell is almost, he's seven feet something. Have you ever been slammed by any of those real big guys? Um, he bully Ray slammed me through a table. Hell yeah. And put my hips out yeah <laughs> dude. that's what my back like what would happen with me is like either my neck or my back would go out constantly so then i'd just be jacked up for the next week or so it just sucks like, oh it's so it's brutal sport and would you get those shots would you get some shots to help it no i wish like I, they probably have that stuff at wwe but then the independent circuit they don't even have an like, ambulance they <laughs> will hopefully yeah. will have like a first aid kit well, yeah, on the independent circuit, man, I remember growing up, they had some dudes bus fighting, man. It would be people in their backyard. And this is before, 
people wouldn't even videotape it. People would draw a picture of it and show it the next day. <laughs> you know, this was backyard wrestling, That's man. Fun. And uh, people would just put a bunch of picnic table. I mean, it was choppy. It was just extremely dangerous too. But yeah, you know, people's stepdads and family disputes. One man threw another man into a damn ditch fire bus one oh time. Oh, Pretty man. cool, man. Oh yeah, fire is intense. Um, what else we got, Nick? I had a question about like the independent wrestling circus. Is it still like kind of the wild, wild west with like some of the performance enhancers? Because I watched Ready to Rumble last night just because of this, and yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, uh, Macho Man, and then I don't think Mean Gene was on anything, but all three of those guys have passed away, and it's like. Yeah. It seems like there's not wrestlers that get over like 60 or whatever and you keep hearing about dying. Or is it still like kind of that unhealthy? Well, well it's, obviously it's bad for your body too, but yeah. like I feel like the steroids back in the day definitely played a part. For sure. I don't know like how many like how prevalent steroids are. I think when John Cena came up it was like real like from that point on there was real more of a focus on body and like strength training and working out. Also, some of the guys, uh, kind of the stature guys kind of fell down, so it's not as, like, big, giant. But there's a few guys that are really super buff, and I don't know if they take anything or not. Mm-hmm. I never did. I had to – I just – I always like the kind of body that, like, a Bruce Lee has where it's more ripped than anything. You know what I mean? And if you can lose enough weight, you got muscles under there. So once you <laughs> lose the fat, it kind of looks bigger anyway. Yeah. And then you learn little things like, you know, eating protein right, you know, right after you, within the first half hour of, of doing weights helps a lot to build muscle. But yeah, oh, he's yeah. like the baddest and he's not like huge, but he's. <laughs> Did you ever meet him? No, I never got to meet him. But we were huge fans growing up and I met his daughter who was really nice. Really? Was yeah. she hot? <laughs> yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's just. Sweet, just yeah, being Bruce Lee's daughter. She was just like has like a cool like air to her, and you can tell you gotta be. Can you imagine being Bruce Lee's daughter and you're just fucking you know <laughs> a dick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it happens. I mean, there's some people that just get caught up with this whole world. I know. I know. It's I horrible. bet, especially in the world that you've seen, man. Really being into Hollywood, it gets really kind of vapid out there. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's a lot of shit that happens. I've been in the business 30 years, so. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, how old are you? I'm 40 years old. Oh, you are? Yeah. You seem so young. So I'm getting older, man. I'm an adult now. and <laughs> <laughs> 40 is a cool, it's a cool age, so. It's when stuff starts not, you'll get, you'll figure your world out. Yeah. I like the idea of stuff not having, being so strat, like, you know, not being so serious. Yeah, I do too. I think that battle always, that'll go on forever. I mean, especially just dogs and kids and all that stuff if you want to have them. There's just, there's a lot of shit that comes with them, but then there's also like the most silliest stuff you'll ever do. You know what I mean? Which is then becomes the funnest stuff you'll ever experience. Yeah. When you look back on, on on being a wrestling champion, do you look back on it fondly? Yeah, I mean, I'm just to be part of this world, the world that I always loved. I look at that fondly, you know. You know, and I, with all like griping about stuff, it, I 
you know, it's wrestling, so I use it all in the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I'm a fan of Andy Kaufman's. That's part of this whole thing. You know what I mean? It's just part of what I the things that I love. Right. You know? So it's like I I do look at it fondly. I mean, especially with sort of coming back and and like who knows if this is the end of it? <laughs> you know, who knows if there will be some other kind of wrestling adventures? Yeah. What do you see? Do you are there other? I mean, do you still have a lot of stuff? Obviously, you want to get into stuff that you can make more that's your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like get yourself getting more motivated towards that kind of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I do with my spare time in between waiting for something or auditioning for something. Just sort of, uh, yeah, work on projects that I believe in. And have you done any movies in space, man? I could really see you in space. <laughs> I would love to. I would love that. I mean, how cool. How cool would it be to be like the first film shot in space? That yeah. would be the baddest. I would love that. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, I, I don't know. Space, we keep going to see these shitholes, man. Mars, <laughs> the moon. Like, he's like, like, look, I'm no fucking, I'm no real estate agent. Well, these I don't know why the moon, they don't already have like a Disney world up there. I know nobody would like it. It'd be upsetting for yeah. some people, but I think it'd be amazing. Oh, I think something small, you could stop in at least a rest area, <laughs> yeah. you know? But yeah, it seems like we keep going to these shitholes, bro. Mars is a, <laughs> let's be honest, bro. Place is a shithole. <laughs> I'm not a real estate agent, but every picture you see, it's like, this place is garbage, dude. I know, There's but fire but... everywhere. There's no place you could even fucking, you can't even, you couldn't even have an outdoors. It's just, I don't it's know. Like Palm Springs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking. They can build it up. It's like Palm Springs' dirty grandfather. Yeah. You know, it's just like, why don't we, let's find a decent planet or quit fucking around, man. You know, <laughs> spend the money, send a shuttle into fucking Zaire and let's fucking habitate over there, you know? Like, I just feel like if, if we, we need to work more locally, look at this. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Oh, yeah. And you got dumb chicks and dudes. And chudes out there sitting around saying, oh, man, think we'll ever live on Mars? Like idiots at a fucking bar somewhere, you know? You got one-third of the BW Buffalo Wild Wings population sitting there four beers deep. Man, I wonder if we'll ever live on Mars, you know? Place a shithole, man. Sorry, I, I just, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, Mars thing. Yeah, I didn't know anybody was going to be here when I felt like this. But, <laughs> but it's just kind of just making me mad, man. Mm -hmm. We just got bigger fish to fry, dude. But I want to see some more of these promos. I want to see more of these wrestlers cut promos. I want to see more politicians cut promos. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, one politician puts out a dope-ass wrestling promo, I feel like it. they would get all the votes. They would get a lot of votes. I had one friend who was voted for Trump because he he provided, you know, WrestleMania at his casinos. <laughs> I was like, you can't vote for him for that reason, though. You just can't. Not for that reason. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, he uh, that uh, the whole world is so crazy. His wife looked uh, Melania looks hot though. Mm -hmm. I gotta say that, man. Yeah, you know, people act like she's not hot. Like, yeah, I'll pretend a lot of stuff, but I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend that she's not hot, dude. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you have to have people have to present you a lot of times with projects where they're like, you would be perfect for this, huh? Was there a point where you didn't want to really do some of that stuff? No, not really. I mean. When you get hot, you get a, like a lot of offers. So then it's like you have to kind of sift through the right. find the good stuff. But when you're not, you just kind of like are trying to find good projects to work on. Yeah. 
the typically low budget things that you don't get paid for you never know how they're really going to turn out if they ever come out at all yeah yeah i've been offered a couple of real wild animals man but yeah i don't know man we'll see you know yeah i would love to do something where you know a friend of mine a black friend of mine said that black people and aliens don't get along well or there's beef there's so much space there's a new there's or there's like beef in that community (laughs) and so i'm like yeah (laughs) that's amazing so i'm like wondering how do we get that film you know i'll be like some guy just like you know some guy that works for the united nations or whatever (laughs) but i'm just thinking how do we get to see that you know because i'm ready to see that that's good you You know get a treatment of outline than a script yeah, yeah. brothers versus aliens dude i'm ready to freaking <laughs> there's no way i wouldn't watch that <laughs> that's amazing so um all right well david i appreciate you coming hey, in man thanks for having me man I'm yeah i'm a big fan of your comedy and i appreciate you well i definitely remember like the day that you said hey to me at the gym it made me feel really good i'll uh, i remember uh awesome. telling one of my friends like dude I, I got to meet david arquette today it was awesome um but yeah i was happy to watch the documentary man i'll watch the end now that i know it's safe to <laughs> and uh, and you guys love to check out um you cannot kill david arquette yeah, yeah. thank you so much and just stay alive i guess right and we'll see a that's sequel it. that's it okay. I'll, I'll be alive i can't die okay. <laughs> can't kill me now i'm just floating on the breeze and i feel i'm falling like these leaves i must be cornerstone oh but when i reach that ground i'll share this peace of mind i found i can feel it in my bones but it's gonna take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, 
Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.